to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is Logan Stump. You should call me Glitchy Wi-Fi because that just glitched out on me big time. Oh, did it? Yeah, I don't know like why, what it was about your intro, but it did not like you. Um, and But like... I don't know. I've had some weird like connectivity issues. Well, I actually here. did call you glitchy Wi-Fi. You didn't catch that? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I didn't catch it. It must have been your Wi-Fi that cut it out. You know, that honestly is probably it. And uh, yeah, so. That was last week, though, too. You had like some really bad glitches at times where I'm like, <laughs> hopefully people understand what he's saying. <laughs> I listened I listened back to our episodes just because I want to see if we do we sound good and stuff. And we, we did last uh, week. I, I feel like our even though it glitched out a little bit, I do feel like we the night drive is always a, a killer tune. Um, I think that's always a, a nice way to get and lead out of the episode. Kind of makes me want to go to sleep, though. Yeah, that's the issue with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not much of a night drive. It's more of like a a lullaby at this point you might hear my dogs in the background oh i hear him yeah this is great so i can take over the show let me take over the show let me let me do the hosting for a little bit um jordan it, this was uh week two mls uh things got wild i, I think it was uh the, probably some of the more interesting games as far as uh, some of the big games we were considering like i think some of the bigger games had a little bit more of a draw than the last week's games. Um, a lot of weird things happened this week too. I think the uh, the Austin thing is really strange. And I know we'll get into that, but I think that overall it, it was kind of a strange week as far as um, some of the other games were concerned, like the other matches. Um, there was a lot of teams that are struggling that I didn't feel like would struggle this mightily this early on. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure that once we get into those games, it'll be a little bit more interesting, but um, I feel like Montreal's an interesting target just because of, you know, we had we played them up. We 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 said if we doubt them, that's always an issue. But uh, I feel like that uh, Montreal, interesting discussion could be had. I think Seattle is a very interesting discussion to be had at this point in the season. But I don't know. It'll it'll be cool to kind of just see what what's going on. Um, I guess one other thing too. I I, I don't know how many fans saw it, but uh, I guess. Thoughts are out to everybody in Mexico that were involved in that horrible on-field brawl and into the stands. It does look like out of the – the initial reporting was rumors that there were deaths. The ones that I had seen – hey, Kat. Um, the ones that I had seen – oh, there goes my green screen. I'm trying to be serious right now, Hazel. Thank you. What a rebound. It right. stayed up. <laughs> right. That's impressive. Um, no, but I, horrible, horrible scenes if nobody – if you didn't see it, then don't go looking for it. It's yeah, just... don't go looking for it. It's it's brutal. Now the thing is, uh, yeah, seventeen deaths are reported, but the um, not officially reported, obviously, because they they don't want that to get out. I don't think so. Um, who knows if we'll ever get the the official the no. official numbers? No, it had been re- like it had been just reported that a bunch of people are hospitalized. I mean, including women and children. Um, but gosh, I mean, the, those those were like, I mean, those were almost like wartime images. I mean, if you really, if you're interested in going to look, I mean, it, it naturally, um, I guess the human is always curious. And I think it's it's interesting because while we, we want to be curious, it, I think this one's probably best left alone for people that really, I mean, it 
it's gruesome. I don't know how else to explain it, except it's it's one of the worst things that I've ever witnessed, and and I've seen quite a bit of things um, just on social media. But this was like, this was people just absolutely being beaten to death, and it was awful. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> our hearts go out to anybody that was you know going to a game and not able to go home. That's a tough. You know, you never think that's going to happen when you go. There's a great thread about it actually earlier today of an Atlas supporter who took a picture of him and his wife, a selfie moments before everything happened, you know? Yeah. Um, and then how some rival fans actually gave him the jerseys off of their backs. So that way they would be able to get back to their car without getting attacked. So kind of tells you everything you need to know about about that um what a a black eye for the sport i mean i don't know i don't know i mean i don't know what's going to happen when you have to play these legs in mexico i know a lot of the mls teams were raising concerns about and it you know it's not every mexican fan but i mean they've had more no it's the hardcore bar uh, you know bravo uh, barra barras you know who uh have uh for whatever reason taken it to extreme levels and, you know, it's something that we have to reckon with the sport itself for whatever reason. This sport always has these type of problems. Yeah. Um, whether it's fan violence or, you know, um, racial stuff that, like, mm-hmm. you don't see in other sports, you know, um, it's tough. It's a really tough thing that um, kind of, like you said, a black eye on the sport. Um. I forget where I was going from here. Oh, you mentioned Montreal and Seattle. Uh, I think for some of these clubs, again, it's just going to be that that Champions League yeah. mess. Um, you know, teams that are in the Champions League have not been performing as well. Um, so we'll see kind of how that shakes out throughout the rest of the year you'd still want some points if you're a team like montreal and seattle but um for me probably just uh wait a bit and see how it goes with with champions league i mean i i mean if you're a seattle or a montreal fan if you win the champions league and don't make the playoffs this year it's still a successful year right mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, oh, be yeah. the first you'd be the first club to ever win the champions league so that'll that'll kind of be an interesting thing, but you know, as we mentioned before, Seattle in 2016 kind of hovering low out of the playoff spots until they turned it on after Ladero came and everything. So there are bits and pieces that would be able to maybe propel you later on in the season, but uh, yeah. So we're, we're going to talk some good things. The Goonies they're back San Jose late late equalizer yeah about 10 years later the goonies (laughs) are back uh calvo 90 plus six minutes to equalize against columbus who were up uh three to one at a point and up a man so calvo scoring in the 84th and the 96th minute to have that goonies never say die uh moment for the quakes uh, Cincy, their woes continue. One nothing loss uh, at home too, where where they've continued to always have problems. Uh, Charlotte breaking the attendance record. We got a lot of storylines that we're going to be going over today. Um, so let's kind of start with the first game of the weekend. It was a team that's in the Champions League who's actually started off the season pretty okay, four points, right? Um, they got a win, New England Revolution, get a win against uh, FC Dallas. Uh, Carlos Heel scoring in the 45th plus two with a penalty kick um, at home, their home opener, which frankly did not have a lot of people there, unfortunately. They, had, uh, they lost the possession battle. They lost the shots battle, but they had more shots on goal, and obviously they had more goals. Uh, which puts the Revs at four points for the year, and Dallas 
sit currently with one. Um, any thoughts on, on this match? No, it was relatively uneventful. I mean, I, I felt like New England did what New England had to do. Um, I will say it was, it was really a shame to kind of see the sparse crowd that uh, did exist with um, their first game in the home stadium after uh, raising a supporter shield. I felt like it was uh, a game that people could have showed up for. And I know it was cold, but it was, I think it, a lot of the New England fans were kind of like, this kind of sucks. Um, just not, you know, really showing support. But again, I, I think other than that, I mean, New England, New England did what New England's going to do. Um, Carlos Heel gets that penalty kick uh, to go right before the half. Um, and really Dallas could not get anything in the attack. It makes you kind of wonder, Jordan, just how much this attack can rely on. And we've talked about this before. We talked about how Jesus Ferreira is a, a good MLS player, but I'm not sure he's number nine. What position does he play that, you know, is going to propel this team forward? I don't know if there is a position out there. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, this it, it looked like a home game that you should win, and it was a home game that they did win. And I just think that it speaks volumes to just exactly how good Bruce can be at this point. I mean, it, it it's not a game that it's going to you know flash uh, when you're looking back at it uh, over the regular season. But three points at home, it's what they need, or yeah, three points at home, it's what they needed, and you kind of move on from here. And uh, you know, to win with the new logo, that was becoming a thing, right? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Even though it was only one game before that, people were like, oh, we still haven't won with the new logo. Um, <laughs> we also have uh, Bruce Arena becoming the all-time MLS coaching wins record. He passes Ziggy Schmidt with 241. And quite a lot of room between him and third place, Bob Bradley, 182. Uh, Peter Vermees with 172. I mean, if you're looking at who could probably pass him, probably Peter Vermees right now because he's not super far off. I mean, he's like 70 like seventy wins off. But yeah. it's like another couple seasons, and Vermees is still young. So, I mean, uh, you know, but, you know, Bruce is going to continue to win until how long he stays. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'd say Vermees probably has the best shot. Bob, you know, his whole thing was that he wasn't here the whole time. So that might be tougher for him to catch um, just age-wise. Uh, and then you have Oscar Preya with 127 in seventh place. I was going to say Oscar is down there, but he's old. I mean, I don't think Not he old. does it for much longer. He's got to be like 60-something, right? Uh, no. You don't think so? I don't know. He's 53 years old. Told you he's 53. You said 60. <laughs> I remember him playing, so I was like, there's no way he could be 60 years old. I mean, I don't remember him playing. I mean, it's like 2005, but I mean, I knew he was a player recently. Yeah. I mean, Jordan is 45 for those that are listening. Yeah. I'm 63, actually. (laughs) Um, So let's get to. uh, Oh, and also, Carlos Heal announced that he is having a child. So. Oh, and Matt Turner's having a boy. And Matt Turner's having a boy. Yeah, lots of announcements mm-hmm. during that game. Uh, let's get to a game that probably wish it had less announcements, and that was at BMO Field. Mm-hmm. Toronto, you know, the PA announcer had to announce four goals against them. Uh, 4-1 New York Red Bulls. Lewis Morgan hat trick. Great trade for New York right now. Aaron Long, 42nd minute. And 35th minute Jimenez for Toronto Possession-wise, Toronto 67% possession. Shots, 6 to New York's 13. New York had 9 shots on goal. So that's kind of what you're looking at (laughs) right there. Not the best uh, for Bob Bradley's men. I'm not going to overreact about this, though. I do think, you know, Bob is just going to need some more time to get everything tip-top shape, but Red Bull's been the surprising team to start off the season here as they currently sit top of the Eastern Conference if we wanted to get carried away here, and both of those away wins. Mm, That's pretty good. Pretty good. Scoring seven goals and only giving up two so far are the Red Bulls. So uh, any thoughts between this matchup? Uh, press worked really well. I mean, that's kind of how they just sock them in the mouth. Um, it seemed like, 
I mean, again, the, the, those possession stats are insane. I mean, that's almost 70% of the possession was to Toronto at Toronto. And if you said it was, if you had to guess at what a score line would be in that kind of situation, I feel like 4 1 is like, hey, you don't even have enough time with the ball to score four goals. Um, so just the fact that they did. But again, Lewis Morgan on the counter in transition. Um, again, it, it speaks to just, a lot of different things. It speaks to how good Lewis Morgan is. It speaks to um, just how much we might underestimate the Red Bull and the Red Bull seem to always kind of put it together a good competitive playoff team. Um, you know, whether they, they're great or not is kind of to be determined, obviously. But I mean, it, it, it does speak to, to their process and their system. But it also speaks, I think, volumes to Miami. I mean, I hate to bring it up, but it it's really questionable that that that's the one player they really decided that they were just going to part ways with um and and really had an upside i think in that system with miami um again with some of the issues that they have as far as the dp stuff and that's concerned i mean i i can see moving on but again it, the fact that this guy's so talented i think that you know miami not being able to keep him there speaks volumes but that's a good win on the road i mean that's a really tough win plus like you said this is really hard to judge anything against Bob just because his whole team's not there yet. I mean, it, it's like judging different pieces and stuff like that. So I think that's ultimately what's going to happen is that this team is just going to be a work in progress up until the summer at least. All right, let's move on to Kansas City 1, Houston Dynamo nil. This is a big rivalry match. Walter scoring in the 60th minute to give Kansas City the win. Possession, 58-41 to 41 for Kansas City. 15 shots from Kansas City to 5 for Houston. 5 shots on goal to 3 for Houston. Overall, uh, not looking so great for Houston to start off the season here. They end up with, so far, 1 point. Um, a draw last week. And uh, a loss here. Um, haven't really been that impressive. Your thoughts on Houston or SKC, whichever one you want to talk about. I'll do Houston first. Um, I think they're they're again they're they're going to struggle to score as well. I think that's just going to be something that you know I, they bring over Sebastian Ferreira. They're adding Hector um, Herrera, who's part of that national team in Mexico, who's had success. Uh, I think he's with Atletico Madrid right now. Um, who's had success internationally, but I, I just don't, I don't know, like, like at least they're defending well. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a benefit, but it seems like whenever this team gets one part working, right, it's like the other part, it's kind of like a car when you get one thing working right and you're, it's going well, like a well-oiled machine, all of a sudden it breaks down. I know all about that. This <laughs> week. <laughs> it just seems like, you know, one thing after the other, they're, they're a couple thousand dollar fixes, million dollar fixes. It just doesn't seem like it's really taken place yet. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how they grow into the attack. But again, I'd really, I'd be really concerned about the attack because I mean, I watched a lot of this game and it was just, it was a whole lot of SKC controlling the ball in the midfield, and there was nothing really that Houston could do to get themselves out of the midfield and in creating forward chances on goal were just not there. Um, it, I don't really know who they look to. I mean, I, I don't know who is their guy that they look to to score besides Sebastian Ferreira, and he's just getting accustomed to this league, and we know how that usually works. So you're saying this is another 3.30 Twitter curse? Yeah. Uh, the, these games, man, they need to stop with these 3.30 crapshoot games. Like it, 3.30 and 6 o'clock, something about those two times. Um, yeah. Just don't ever pan out very well. I tell you what, though. MLS after dark, it is rearing its head constantly. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's something about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like clock strikes ten o'clock, and they're like, "Let's get wild." I don't they know get, what it uh, is. Very uh, Michael Keaton uh, Batman here. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. <laughs> That's MLS after dark. Want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Um. <laughs> We should make a shirt. Yeah, there you go. And put peanuts I don't know on that, it. Yeah, that's probably copyright. Mm. <laughs> um, let's get to Montreal, Philadelphia. 2-1 Philadelphia here. Lapalainen with a pretty cool goal. Pretty sick goal <laughs> for Montreal, 32 minutes in. Um, I guess a little bit of a deflection, but... Yeah. It was, 
Good Up finish. and over, Andre Blake. It was pretty nice. Um, Bedoya equalizes in a 53rd. Gazdag takes the lead in the 56th. And Carranza getting his uh, red card in the 71st <laughs> minute here. Um, Union only had 34.5% possession. Montreal had 65.5% possession. Montreal had 12 shots to Phillies 8. But the Union get a much-needed away win to set them up to be pretty uh, pretty okay here early in the season as they sit sixth place with four points. Uh, right now, really what's killing them is just the goal differential. Mm-hmm. What's lucky for them, right, is that, that uh, <laughs> there was a goal Montreal scored that was called uh, back for a foul, I think it was, or maybe offsides, I forget now, um, that ended up, uh, it was a Mahalovic goal that got called back for a foul. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, right after that, pretty much, is when the Union scored their two goals. Around, you're looking at 2-0, and you're like, okay, not getting any away points here. But uh, they pulled it out. And anything to say about this one or pretty much cover that there? Um, I mean, I, these are these are games that I think – top of the East teams are going to have to win. I think going on the road um, to, uh, you know, a Canada environment that is usually pretty hostile towards um, any of the MLS teams coming in there. Um, it's a pretty tough place to play, but the, it seems like the union, are, uh, this is those games that the union just win because they, I feel like their defense, while the, you know, Montreal scored a goal, I feel like their defense just held pretty strong. I mean, that was a good goal that Lappin line and scored. I mean, without that, they really didn't create a ton. They had shots, but not anything really that close. It just seems like the union just, but uh, I don't know if it's Glesnus and Elliot being in that center, you know, the center back positions that just kind of eat up space and don't really let you get close to the goal. Or if it's Andre Blake having that kind of effect on you where you try to put it into places, he can't touch it. Cause if he can touch it, he's going to save it. But I don't know. It, every time I watch a union game, I always feel like that's the case. Like their expected goals, they seem to really keep teams limited to the expected goal number. Um, just because I think they're so good defensively. Um, it, it's, I don't know, they're a lot of fun to watch. I always enjoy watching the Union just because I think they're well-coached and they they play really well. I like their defense, and I know you do too because you like defense. And the Union have like a fortress. <clears throat> yep. Um, we already talked about, about it a bit. San Jose 3, Columbus 3. So Espinosa scoring nine minutes for the Quakes. Then they get a red card. Uh, Montero, former Union player, gets a red card. Um, then you have uh, – so it's one nothing San Jose. Then Zella Ryan in the 40th minute to make it 1-1. 68th minute Zardes to make it 2-1. Zella Ryan makes it 3-1 in the 73rd minute. And like I said, Cal 4th and 96 minutes to – give the quakes an equalizer at home which is huge for them they had less possession they had way less shots 19 to 7 shots and really not a game that um i think columbus should have probably given up this lead Mm -hmm. if they want to be contenders yeah and i think it's even more concerning it's concerning for san jose i mean just they needed a miracle and they got it um, from Calvo, who had been kind of just a, a ghost in Chicago, um, whether it be defensive or offensively, he's not known for scoring or scoring paralysis. Um, I don't know. Like it, it, it's really interesting just to kind of watch San Jose, just because I think Jordan, you and I are in the same boat. We don't have, we had, I don't think Matias Almeida lasts that long, but I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, just how just how many matches he lasts. I, I, I'm predicting, I think I've said it a couple of times, I'm predicting by the time it's summer, Matias Almeida will be long gone. I could see that because he might actually have other offers in the World offseason. Cup stuff too. Yeah. Because it seems like he's always linked to those international teams that that would be the time where you, if you were going to make some changes, maybe you do. I don't know. He seems... He agrees. Yeah, you see, <laughs> right, Hazel? Like, he seems destined to be... An international coach, I guess. I don't know. He can't buy players. Then who's he going to complain about? (laughs) (laughs) He can't show Fisa with him. Who's he going to complain about? (laughs) Okay. Chicago, nil. Orlando, nil. This had some controversy in it, it, right? A penalty or a a goal that was called back. 
Uh, yeah, what happened there, Logan? Yeah, so the ball goes flying up in the air, um, and our new striker, Erkan Kara, he they say Erkan, I think I think it's Erkan, but I'm just going to call him Erkan. Erkan Kara gets the ball, and it's right in the top of the box, um, and it's in the box, and he goes to like control it, and he puts his arms out by his side almost, and he almost like chests it down, but it looked kind of like his hand had gotten involved with it, and it, it is close. But I, I think it, the, it's just not clear and obvious where where you're going, oh, yeah, he definitely used his arms to control the ball to fall down. I mean, it, it was a lot of people from what I've read on Orlando said that it was not a good call. Like, it wasn't a great call on the uh, video assistant. And it was just, I don't know, it was really just kind of awful. Um, but, again, uh, you know, VAR does this a lot of teams. And it's not just Orlando, but – I do feel like if you're looking at if it was right or not, I do think a lot of the people out there were saying that it was not the right call. But again, you could kind of see where he might have thought it hit his arm to kind of control that pass, but or the ball coming down. How late was that? Oh gosh, that was I think it was in the eighty something minute or yeah, right at the eighty something right? minute. Yeah, it was it was a game winner. Like it was the game winner because um, it was later on. I think it was eighty something minute, eighty third or fourth. I think, but. It gets called back, and then I mean Orlando. Uh, don't get me wrong, Orlando played pretty well on the road. And Orlando's played really. I didn't know realize how well they played with Oscar on the road. They were the second best team on the road collecting points last season, um, and they've always played really well on the road with Oscar Perea. Um, the biggest thing that I saw, Facundo Torres, is like built for this league. I mean, he's got a little bit of like a hint of like Carlos Heel in him, um, just because of how good he is on the ball. He had a touch, Jordan. He brought it down out of the sky. I mean, it was like it dropped right at his foot, and he just, like, leveled it, like, right at his feet. And we're just like, okay, and then took it into the attack. It was wild. Um, but I don't know. I like what I see from Orlando. They just now need to get – they need to find that scorer, and I think Kara could be that scorer. All right. Um, Cincinnati, D.C., we already talked about it a, a little bit here. Um. We had a uh, late uh, – well, one, D.C. gets a red card in the 80th minute. And then in the 90-plus-8 minute, Ola Kamar converts a penalty kick. So um, there you go. <laughs> that's that's really all there is to say. Since he not doing super great to start the season. Now, this is like one of the closest possession-wise. This is 50.7 to 49.3. Cincinnati had 16 shots to D.C.'s 10. And six shots on goal to DC's four. They just can't actually get it in the back of the net. If you look at the shot map on MLS.com, <laughs> MLSsoccer.com, you see so many shots to these little amount of shots here, you know, for DC. It's insane. Uh, no, but the XG was favoring DC for whatever reason. Uh, two to two to one point six, um, yeah. There, there, there you go. That is Cincinnati and DC. And look, Cincinnati has got to figure this out. We've been banging on this drum for so long. If they somehow get the wooden spoon again, I don't think twenty two thousand are going to show up next year. I mean, you yeah. can't keep doing this. I get it. I mean, look, they're even, they're actually putting money out there too. They're putting money right. out there. They're, they've rebooted a few times because nothing seems to work. <laughs> just <laughs> nothing seems to work. I don't I don't know what the issue is. Like they're cursed or something. Uh, I don't really understand it. I mean, yeah. Besides competing with Seattle for the wooden spoon, I mean, it's gonna get it's uh, <laughs> it's wild. I, I just don't. I like you said. You and I text each other back and forth, and we were talking about how bad we feel just for just Cincinnati fans in general. Yeah, and I can see it on Twitter, like the Weigels and the people they retweet and Cincy Soccer Talk and, and the guys there, like it just... They're frustrated. Yeah, it's just like circling the drain every single day uh, with this team. And you're right, I, I don't... How do you fix it? Like, where do you even go to fix it? Like, I don't... There's not like a specific answer. Like, I think a lot of the midfield struggles because I don't think there's a lot of creation. But I think that there's, you know, a lot of issues with just like the organization in and of itself, maybe it's part of the ownership. Maybe it's part of 
I don't know. It just, like you said, it seems like this team is, there's always those teams that seem cursed and this seems to be the team. The Cubs. Yeah. It literally, it just seems like anything that could go right goes wrong and horribly wrong. (laughs) Just absolutely awful. Yeah. I like the way that you said that. (laughs) Whatever could go right actually goes wrong. (laughs) You know, usually you hear what goes wrong can go wrong, right? The Murphy's law. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the the fact that that they have to keep trying. Yeah, Logan's Law. There you go. LL. Um, Let's talk about a team that was a little jealous that whole weekend. Atlanta. Super envious of all the talk about Charlotte FC breaking their attendance record. Uh, It seemed like Atlanta was really pressed about this, by the way. Atlanta Twitter was really upset. And... uh, they should be upset for other reasons. 3-0, Colorado Rapids. Uh, Rubio, Lewis, and Shinashiki scoring three times. Uh, so you got Rubio, 33rd, Lewis, 48th, and Shinashiki, 87th. And Miles Robinson with a red card in the 86th minute. He didn't have a great game. Looking at the stats, if you want to look at the stats. Oh, this is awful. Um. Sorry, the, the MLS website has the Atlanta red and the uh-huh. Colorado burgundy color, and they look so close. It's like, why did they not put like black for one of these teams mm-hmm. or something? 63% possession for Atlanta to 12 shots for Atlanta to nine for the Rapids. Rapids had three shots on goal. All three of those end up in the back of the net. So I guess uh, they were very consistent. Really bad game for Atlanta. And where it leaves Atlanta right now is uh, currently seventh place. So not bad. Still got three points, but they probably would have liked to get at least a point here on the road. Yeah, the Rapids can breathe again. Like it feels like the Rapids were starting out the 2022 season just on a really sour note uh, between not being able to finish off a Champions League game in the snow, doing penalties and had multiple chances to put that away, couldn't put it away, end up, you know, not doing so well in Champions League, then kind of starting the season a little bit rough. Uh, and then this game, they, I mean, they this is needed, I think, to get them kind of back on the right track. Um, but Jonathan Lewis played really well. Like, I, I was watching some of that, and he played really well. Um, I, I thought Shinny Shiki did what he needed to do. Um, they need goal scorers, so they need guys like uh, Rubio. They need guys – like Jonathan Lewis, they need Andre Shinichiki to step up and score goals. Um, and I, I think they're going to get it uh, from the three of them. Just I don't know if it's going to be enough uh, and consistently enough. But looking at Atlanta, Jordan, I mean, uh, at what point, Jordan, um, can we start to freak out Atlanta fans? At what point do we kind of look at Joseph Martinez and say, you know, I, maybe Joseph isn't going to get back to – you know, the godfather of the league. I don't know. It's it's tough. You know, some of these injuries can take a while to mm-hmm. heal. He might still not even be fully healed. Right. Technically. Yeah. So his or he, he may never be too. the same again. We don't know, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's going to be tough. But um, I wouldn't worry so much. What, what I would worry about is you have to get a, an actual legit backup for for Joseph, somebody that you can bring in that's going to get your goals off the bench, which I don't feel like they've ever had. Yeah. You and know. Dom Dwyer is not it. <laughs> no. Like, he had a nice goal in the first game, but again, that was just kind of an SKC just falling apart in the shambles. But Dom, Dom has been so far out of practice at this, at this point. He yeah. used to be the best striker in the league at one point, but he's just, you know, he, he's gone so long without playing consistently. I'm not sure if he's you know, ever going to, ever going to be it. I kind of liken that to Josie. Like I, I feel like he and Josie are kind of in that same path, whether it be injury or just not being fit enough or fit enough or uh, inform enough to play. So I don't know. <clears throat> All right. Minnesota, Nashville. This was a fun one that had some weather delay. Our friend Jack was there from the final third show. I had talked to him earlier that day, and he was worried about a delay, and it, ha- it happened. So he kind of willed that into his existence, I guess. But uh, CJ Sapong scores five minutes in for Nashville. Sonny Dodson scoring in the 71st minute. Nashville 
let's talk about Nashville. They are fourth place in the East with four, I mean, in the West with four points after facing Seattle and Minnesota. Pretty darn impressive. People are going to say, but what about Austin? And you look at Austin's opponents and you say, okay, Nashville has been a little bit more impressive than, than what we've got. Um, so yeah, just, just really impressive. They had 45% possession in Minnesota's 54. Pretty even on shots, 14 to 12. Minnesota edged out there. Nashville had two shots on gold in Minnesota's four. Exactly, a pretty even game. That's going to end up being 1-1, and there you go. Uh, seems pretty pretty good. But Na- Nashville, this is something that we were like, oh, they're going to have to really prove themselves in the West, and so mm-hmm. far they have. Any thoughts here on uh, Music City? Yeah, don't forget two games on the road, too, because they're just waiting. They're stalling. They're waiting for their time to open their stadium. So they're currently playing on the road a ton, um, and they will do so until that new stadium opens. So, um, man, kudos to them, though. Like, two games. I mean, those are tough places to play. Allianz Allianz is not easy to play. And we talked about Austin real quick, and Austin was uh, two games at home. So this is two games away. Yeah. Um, But, no, you know, like you said, Nashville, again, holding their own and we kind of knew that their defense would, I think it's a matter of just getting the attack going and that determines whether they're going to be a top team in the West, because I think there were times and and you and I talked about this all the time. It seemed like, and they led the league last year in draws um, for as high as they finished in the East, they are notorious for drawing. Um, and I think it's mostly just because their defense just knows how to tighten the screws while their offense just kind of suffers and flounders at times um, just because there's just not enough going forward. I'd really, you know what, Jordan? I really wish they would add, like, they need one really good striker to just come in and abs- – like uh, Sebastian Derussi kind of thing. They need that one guy to come in that's just a prolific goal scorer in front of Hani, and this team would become like a New York – you know, a New England or New York, Seattle. Yeah, Maria's not that? <laughs> no, you're the wrong team. That's Minnesota. Oh, um, I thought that's who you were talking about. You said in no, front no, of Hani Johnson. <laughs> no, uh, Hani Mukhtar. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Sorry if I said, did I say Hassani? I thought so, but maybe no. not. I don't know. Maybe my glitching. Um, no, I meant like in front of Hani, if Nashville adds like a, you know, like a 10 to 15 goal, uh, you know, a year, that's all you really need in front of Mukhtar because Mukhtar is going to score his. So but they just don't have that. Like CJ Sapong is nice to have. I just don't think he's a quality starting number nine in this league. Mm, he's going to come to your house. Uh, um <laughs> any thoughts on Minnesota, maybe about um, they need again, somebody else other than Amaria. This is like my same, main point. Yeah, yeah. Like this is the same issue, except they don't have a defense to back them up very well. <laughs> like their defense is okay. It's not Nashville level. Like Nashville level is insane. Um the, the pieces that they've added in are, are really nice. Um, but Minnesota doesn't have that luxury. Minnesota has to score because they'll give up their goals. Um, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure that Minnesota could really do. A lot of people are saying that they're really solid defensively, but I think there's times where they, their defense can only do so much. I'm not sure it's good enough like a Nashville because Nashville, what they're probably the most. I, I'd say what do we think they're the best defense in this league? I think they are. Like I probably. think they've proven that, and they've got the best defensive player on that side. So it's. Again, I, I just don't see where – Minnesota's rough. And, and, again, like you said, and we went through – what, they went through about 26 guys last year trying to find a nine and never did. Meanwhile, their guy down in the, <laughs> Austin scoring like crazy. So, it's never good. Uh, Minnesota sits ninth right now uh, with two points. I will say that's two more points than they had last year <laughs> at this point. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go ahead and look at RSL Seattle. This one took a huge delay. Yeah. But Bobby Wood is going to score pretty much right after that delay in the 46th minute. To give them the win, Seattle had more possession. RSL had eight more shots than Seattle, 16 to 8. And RSL had six shots to four on goal. And uh, look, Seattle might be pulling a Columbus right here. I don't know. Uh, But I think it is... You know, they got Champions League. They might get a little bit more to get going here. But, yeah, they start bottom of the West right now for Seattle. So, not a great look 
here, but RSL start off fifth place, four points. They're, you know, two points off of first place if we want to start looking at at that right now, um, which is probably worthless right now. But uh, any thoughts here on, on these two teams? Albert Rusnak ruined um, his trip back home to RSL, completely destroyed. Um, but, yeah, it, I, I lost this game so many times because I was, like, checking back for delays and stuff. I was like, this is brutal. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I think there's just not a lot to write about with this one yet. Like, I think RSL is still going to have a lot of struggles being able to score and keep up pace with a lot of the teams in the West. I think that Seattle is going to be fine. I don't think, like we talked about before, I think just there's too many really good experienced players on Seattle to really kind of fall into, like, a Columbus thing. I think there's there's different pieces that they've had that these, these are a lot of proven MLS winners. Um on the Seattle roster, whereas the crew was more of like this team surprised a lot of people in the playoffs. And remember when the crew in the playoffs, the crew weren't the dominant team that, that they, they, you know, that would claim to be the the MLS champions. Uh, Like it, it was a team that kind of upset a bunch of people and got to the final and were able to win that final. Um, It wasn't like they were coming in on their high horse and beating the hell out of everybody. But again, I think that, like you said, there's just too much experience here. And I, I really don't see a Brian Schmetzer team struggling for that long. I just think it would be unheard of. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, Vancouver, NYCFC, nil-nil. There you go. That's all the highlights. (laughs) (laughs) That one. Uh, NYCFC, 70. 70.1% possession to 29.9. 19 <laughs> shots to 10, four shots on goal to one, and NYCFC just couldn't put it past uh, the keeper here on the road. So this was go. in Vancouver too, Jordan. Like this, yep. this had to be brutally go to watch. Like your team has 30% of the ball and puts 10 shots up, and one of them somehow finds the target. And it's like, okay, well, probably easy catch. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, this one was this was probably the most boring game of them all because I caught a, I caught quite a bit of it. It was just like it was. It was just possession based football that the city group play, and that was pretty much it. All right, let's talk uh, the late game on Saturday, which was only seven thirty. But uh, Charlotte versus LA Galaxy, seventy four thousand four hundred seventy nine people attended this game. Uh, and actually, Fanatic said it's the game I think that they sold the most merchandise at. Wow. At a game that they operate the stores in. So, or something like that. There's some sort of stat out there that said that they sold a pretty much a crap ton of merch, as I need to know. Mm-hmm. That's what they sold for Charlotte fans, which is great. That is awesome. I never would have thought in my life Charlotte, North Carolina would be uh, a hub of a soccer team like this. This is mm-hmm. pretty, pretty big deal. Um, broke the record attendance wise. People, they were loud. They were mm-hmm. loud. They were at the first 20 minutes. They were living off every single ball that was kicked. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 you know, uh, it was fun. They got kind of lost a bit later on because their team wasn't doing anything. That's going to happen. Um, and I liked when they said Efren Alvarez was uh, shutting them up because they were actually really loud, uh, yeah. booing, the, you know, and yeah. being upset that he scored. I was like, they, he didn't shut anything up, man. They were still uh, very upset. But yeah, Alvarez scores in the 77th minute. A great goal, by the way. Fantastic goal. Possession wise, 50.6 for the Galaxy, 49.4 for Charlotte. 21 shots to five for Charlotte. And that is really the killer. You, when you have almost equal possession, you'd like to get some more shots in there. And that this mm. team just wasn't able to pr- generate any real chances at all. And, um, you know, if a goal would have happened, that, that place would have erupted. It would have been great to see, but I hope enough people had fun there, even in a loss to say, I'm going to continue checking this out and build something. And hopefully they get something going there. Um, hopefully they're not, you know, hopefully they're not fooked. <laughs> it was Any a lot of thoughts? fun. Yeah, it was it was electric. Like it was. I mean, they had had Steve Smith Senior there. 
they had Jimmy Johnson there. Uh, or is it Jimmy Johnson? What's the NASCAR guys? That seems that was right. right. Okay, cool, good. Um, I know my NASCAR. Um, former no. Raven, Steve Smith. Yeah, oh, I thought you meant Jimmy. Um, no, but yeah, yeah the, former Raven. Uh, no, but it was. It was really cool to see that city. And then they had the armbands, the national anthem, the, the mic went out and they were singing the national anthem. That was yes, really Yes, that was cool. a really nice moment. Yeah. Um, especially with all that's going on in the world, it felt very good to kind of get around your country and kind of just belt one out because of the, the issues that they had at the stadium with uh, the mic. That was cool. Their kits, I think, are some of the best kits just because I like the Carolina blue. Um, I do hope they ditch the white sleeves eventually. No, um, no, ditch no, them. Yeah, no, completely. No, they look looks awful. good. <laughs> it looks good. Um, make, them, make them gray. <laughs> so <laughs> The white no. sleeves looks great. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it was, it was really cool. It felt like a World Cup moment. I mean, Stu Holden was standing on the sidelines um, uh, with Alexi Lalas and they were kind of like looking up in the stands and they were talking to him and they said that that there, there were moments where they had to kind of step back because you could just feel the energy oozing out of the stadium. It makes you wonder, Jordan, um, I, I'm thinking that North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina might get a World Cup game in here because I think that with the electric atmosphere, with the ability that they have to kind of host teams and the, the restaurant scene. And it's a pretty well-to-do city. Um, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I kind of liked this argument there for their first match. If you could get that stadium to kind of just uh, erupt like it did with that many people. I mean, I don't think this might be actually a, a stadium they consider to kind of throw into the World Cup mix. Are they up for it? I don't know. I think uh, I thought they no, said they're not. There's- they're not up for They're it. They're not. No. Nope. Well, throw it in. Throw it in for twenty. Well, they can't now. <laughs> yeah. Twenty sixty something. Um, yeah, they're not getting a World Cup yet. Never mind. Get, maybe Scratch a call like at some point, but um, maybe that's what they were talking about. I heard somebody talk about World Cup, and then I was like, yeah. can... "Okay, well, scratch everything yep. I said." Yep, you guys aren't good enough for a World Cup right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great. It was a great moment. Um, I'm always down to see teams come in and, and succeed, especially when we've doubted them in the past. Yeah. Now, if only they could actually put together a good roster, and, and yeah. that's what hopefully if they don't have a good year this year that they don't have to reboot the way Miami and Cincy have been having to do. Right. And then uh, look out next year. Um, Jordan and I will be going to St. Louis in March. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's just say that now and then not follow through with it. Um, let's go ahead because uh, I, I, you know, I want to go to the Hudson River Derby, but somebody is not going to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> Austin, Miami, five-one. Uh, Austin, that's two games in a row with five goals. Jerusi, twenty-second minute and the fifty-first minute. Uh, Cascante in the twenty-sixth minute. Finley in the 64th and Finley in the 90th and Capania, uh, Capana scoring in the 53rd minute for Miami, Miami. Um, look to put it in <laughs> Phil Neville's words, just gotta stop giving up goals, man. Um, which yes, uh, that's, that's probably the main issue. Coaching. Yeah. Main issue right there. Is giving up too many goals. They also got to do something with their shots. 13 shots to eight. Um, and uh, they only get one of them in there. Uh, shots on target, six to six. So there you go. They're just not putting them in a better spot in the target, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Miami's a dumpster fire. Austin also beat Cincinnati. So they started off with two um, easy East Coast teams. We'll see how it goes from here. Remember, they, they started off really hot last year, and we were all really surprised, and they fell apart. So we don't want to too quickly say that they've rebounded, but they have looked better with Jerusi since he's come into the team. But I don't know. Are they for real, Logan? No. Um, and the reason why, I think that they they are good, but I think if you take Sebastian Jerusi out of the, the mix – they really do struggle at times. Um, Cecilia Dominguez plays well. Facundas plays well. But I'm not sure. They're not quite to the top tiers teams. Like, yes, could they push for playoffs? Yeah. Like, if Sebastian plays that well continuously, they make a good argument. But, again, like you said, Jordan, it's really hard to say that a team that struggled mightily and were contending for a wooden spoon last year 
um, you know, the fact that they just all of a sudden can turn it around um, and then they go and beat these two teams that, I mean, these two teams are in just such a disarray right now. Um, they do have to play Portland away next, and then they will come back home to, to face Seattle. Um, then they play San Jose, and then they do Minnesota United, D.C. United, Vancouver. Like, those are not easy games either. So, um, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how after this stretch they do. But, again, I think that you're looking at a team that we just – the jury's still out on. Um, and, no, I'm not convinced yet that this team that struggled so – disastrously last year that this could all of a sudden be fixed. I did see a bunch of things, um, Jordan, that were pretty funny. It was like, um, like Wolf in and stuff was trending for a little bit. And then um, like, Oh my gosh, Josh Wolf has become this like amazing manager overnight uh, kind of sentiment, but um, let's hold off on those because I don't yeah. know if that's really the, the case. Yeah, we'll see. Um <laughs> LAFC Portland. That was that was a late one last night. I fell asleep at halftime. I was really trying to stay up. But uh, Yimmy Chara with another bicycle kick, if you want to call it a bicycle. Some people are saying, obviously, it wasn't a bicycle because one mm-hmm. of his legs was still on the ground. Whatever. Nice overhead kick by Chara. Let's not get technical here. It was another fantastic goal from him, and I think that's all that matters. And then uh, Bravo in the 62nd, and then Fall scoring in the 90-plus third. Really easy tap-in as uh, he waited for the ball to arrive, um, like, right outside the, the line. You know, like, he's standing, like, two yards from, from the goal. And uh, share points there at Bank, Cal- Bank of California Stadium, which puts LAFC in third place. Pretty good. Puts Portland in eighth. And as we sit right now, Western Conference looks like Austin, LA Galaxy, LAFC, three teams that missed the playoffs last year. Which one do you buy more into out of those three teams of having a chance to make the playoffs? Austin, LA, and LA? Yeah. Um, LAFC. Uh, and I think, actually, uh, I think I'm going to go to a group. I'm going to get to a point. Uh, well, I mean, actually, you know what? It's interesting. Carlos Vela did get hurt, but it does sound like it wasn't a big deal. Kellen Acosta actually got hurt as well. Um, and then who else did they say? Did they say? I forget who else it was. I'm not going to guess. Um, but there were three injuries. None of them sounded serious. Carlos Vela was the only one that kind of concerning because it was more of like, we don't know what was wrong with him. It was more of like precautionary, um, which that never is good, I think, with him. Um and again, it, until they sign a contract, I'm just not convinced he's going to be there. However, that being mm-hmm. said, I do think if you're looking at these rosters and the way that L.A. played against Charlotte, I mean, L.A. was decent, but they weren't great. Um, I know it's tough to go on the road in that kind of atmosphere to win a game like that. but And they did it. Yeah, I'm going Galaxy, baby. No, you shouldn't. Um, I am. I, I'm all in on it right now. You did this last so, year. Yeah, you know what? And I was almost right, so I'm gonna <laughs> keep pushing them. I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna get them across that line. Okay. Two wins. I mean, two wins. That's big. If they can, if they can. They have short the least the amount of question marks out of Austin and LAFC. LAFC. I, I have question marks, like you said, about Vela sticking around. Are you convinced with the Galaxy's defense, though? Like, I know they played NYCFC and held them to nothing, but that was coming off a of Champions League kind of stuff. And then they just squeaked past Charlotte, and Charlotte's not going to score. But the anyway. defense was fine. They didn't give yeah. up anything. I mean, they, they didn't even yeah. give them a shot, like a, like a legitimate shot that you're like, oh, my goodness, we're lucky to still be in this. Like, they, yeah. they, were, they were pretty good. All day. All day. LA Galaxy. Guess we'll see. We will. Um, none. No, watch none of these three make it. But, yeah, these three you know, just yeah seven, eight, nine, or eight, nine, ten. We'll be able to. We'll be able to figure out who was right by just who was closest to the playoffs <laughs> <laughs> out of these. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and quickly take a look at what is coming this week. So let's get to our match of the week preview. It's time for the match of the week preview. All right, it's our match of the week preview. That sound, but it always makes me feel like we're really legit. Uh, it's match of the week preview. We're going to take a look at uh, the games for the weekend. Just a little heads up. NYCFC 
has the first leg of their Champions League game tomorrow, March 8th. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's tonight on FS1 at 8 o'clock. Seattle versus Lyon at uh, 10 o'clock. Both of those games on FS1, unless if they decide to put it just on the app because uh, some college basketball game is going to uh, be. I think there's like uh, chicken, fried chicken bucket contest or something like that. Yeah. Um, what is it? Joey Chestnut's going for the hot dog record. I think uh, so. <laughs> switch over to that. You'll have to watch it on the app. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Okay. Wednesday, March 9th, Revs versus Pumas at 8 o'clock at Gillette Stadium, and Cruz Azul versus Montreal at the Azteca at 10 o'clock. So, hey, we just need these teams to win, mm-hmm. and we would have a shot at an all-MLS semifinal. Let's just will that into existence. So that way we can, um, you know, have our first MLS winner and not have to worry about waiting till the final to get <laughs> to get that. Um. All right, so then we have Saturday, March 12th, NYCFC versus Montreal at 1 o'clock at Yankee Stadium. Hey, at least some sport's going to be played at Yankee Stadium in March. Right. Then we got uh, the Crew versus Toronto at 1.30 at Lower.com Field. Miami versus LAFC versus one. Th- oh, geez, Miami. I feel so sorry for you. At uh, 1.30 at uh, Driv Pink Stadium. Then we got uh, that's one. You know what though? That's the Twitter game, so I'm not sure that's going to be a good one to watch. Then we have three thirty on Fox, Seattle and LA Galaxy. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. I think that I'm not going to spoil my takes yet. Hold on. Uh, Houston versus Vancouver at six thirty. DC versus Chicago at seven thirty. The Revs versus RSL at seven thirty. Orlando versus Cincy at 7.30 at home uh, for the for Orlando. Philly versus San Jose at 7.30. Dallas versus Nashville at 8.30. And Rapids versus SKC at 9. Portland versus Austin at 10. Real big test for Austin. Sunday, Atlanta versus Charlotte at 4.30 on FS1. And the New York Red Bulls versus Minnesota at 7 o'clock. All right, so pick a game from Saturday, Logan. Wh- which one sticks out to you the most? I'm going to go with the Portland game and Austin game. Uh, I'm ready to see if Austin's worth its uh, – It's uh, I don't know. I, I, I lost Wait complete gold. Thought. There we go. Thank you. Um, are they gold or are they verde? Um, but they're yeah, waiting verde. <laughs> they're waiting verde. Um, so yeah, no, I, I'm interested to see if the two greens can go up against each other, the Green Giants, um, and, and figure out uh, which team is really deserving of a, of a powerful position here in the West. Because I think Portland sitting on the outside of the playoffs right now, two matches in, um, not played the best. I think there's a lot of room for improvement for Gio um, Savarese's team. I think they're going to go into Providence Park with a different kind of mindset against Austin. Austin playing pretty well. Can Austin score five again? <laughs> um, I highly doubt it, but it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a, a lot of fun to watch. Can uh, Jimmy uh, or Jimmy um, score a bicycle kick? Can Diego score a bicycle kick? Can any of the Charles score a bicycle kick? Um, that'll be fun to watch. I think Sebastian Jerusi, uh potential golden boot winner, Jordan. Um I don't know. I guess what's we'll, you know, stay tuned to find out. But I'm looking forward to this one. Austin and Providence Park. Uh, I love a good match at Providence Park. Uh, you can't go wrong. Me too. Yeah. I wish I could go. Um, okay, so we have. I, I'm going Seattle, LA. Um, look, I just said LA Galaxy, baby. And then also yeah. Seattle needs to rebound from their zero point so far. Mm. And this will be a game in Seattle against a team in the top two right now for the galaxy this is this is a big one for seattle and it's a big rivalry match you know um yeah i'm looking forward to that i think some interesting mix matches here you know orlando cincy can orlando take advantage of facing another pretty easy team here i mean they had chicago to start off with i mean they had um who was first montreal Montreal, which they Mm -hmm. won right and then they they draw with Chicago on the road. They're back home. Can they? It's a really easy start to the points. season here yeah. for for Orlando if they can get it. The Union, um, San Jose cross country coming over here. 
San Jose, not really that great, but they did just get a point against the crew when they probably shouldn't have. You know, can or can Philly get the points that they're supposed to? They kind of left it a little late against Montreal. Mm-hmm. So there are some interesting matchups there. Sunday, Atlanta, Charlotte. That's the big one, right? That's that's the big one. That's the one that uh, our friend Chris Smith, uh, who's been on the show a few times, he went to Charlotte's home opener. He's going to Atlanta. He's an Atlanta fan. It's going to be a pretty big deal for him to see his team in person, uh, which is always just uh, amazing sight. So hopefully he has a really good time there, and hopefully it's a good what is going to be the first rivalry match between yeah. these two teams. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, Red Bulls, Minnesota. Can Red Bulls keep it up? You know, they they have a home game here. Minnesota's kind of been underwhelming for me. What can they do? I'm excited for the the South. Uh, it's like the that's the big rivalry. Like as much as Orlando wants to claim um, Atlanta as the rivals, and while we, while we still don't really like each other and they're rivals, I would say that the knowing the Carolinas and Georgia, that that rivalry is going to be massive. They've already got the Panthers, Falcons. Um, they've got the Hawks, Hornets. Like that 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 is a big rivalry, um, and I, I think it's just going to get even bigger. I think it's actually. I think it's set to be the best rivalry between the two states um, as far as sports are concerned, just because I think, um, and you kind of encompass two states when you talk about uh, Charlotte the is, Carolinas. yeah, like it's Carolina, um, both Carolinas. So it's, that'll be fun. Like it, it, right down the street from each other, they won't like each other. They really don't like the fact that Charlotte is now coming. Like you said, Jordan, I don't think they figured that Charlotte would ever become a, a corridor to the, to the soccer world. Um, but they have quickly become at least competitive rivals uh, as far as attendance is concerned. And I, I'm just like picturing this now, Jordan, like a couple of years and down the road and we're sitting there watching a Charlotte and Atlanta game, uh, playoff game and uh, Eastern conference finals. And it's, and we're now. there in person, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're covering it yeah, in my dreams, but Atlanta is <laughs> uh, Atlanta's visiting Charlotte. That'd be a magical moment. So I'm looking forward to this. They they really seem to really not like each other. And speaking of going to games, Jordan, um, I know you haven't talked about it much, but uh, where are you headed? Uh, I know you said that you had news on the side of where you're headed down. And yeah, we're still looking to we're still looking to buy the tickets right yeah. now. Um, but we're supposed to be heading out in uh, around my birthday, June 26th. So the game is on June 25th. RSL at Rio Tinto versus the Crew. So I'm hoping that's a good game. But yeah, I'll be uh, probably doing some stuff about that while I'm there. Um, you know, for people that don't know, we have a baseball podcast too, which obviously hasn't been um, worth anything right now during the lockout. But um, I've been doing, you know, baseball videos on there from stadiums I visit. So I'm probably going to do something similar to that for when I go to, out to Rio Tinto for the first time. So a little like video blog, vlog type thing that shows my experience that weekend going to see the game i'm excited for you and i don't have jerseys of either of those teams so i don't know what i'll wear i'll maybe have to get like uh one of our stateside shirts or something yeah i don't know maybe santa will get you one well you know santa would be after i go see the game so um it could be uh maybe the birthday fairy will get you one the birthday fairy yeah yeah my wife uh (laughs) yeah We'll see. You call her? That's kind of odd. Yeah, that's her nickname. Um, (laughs) I also wanted to shout out before we go, the USL championship season starts on Saturday. Loudoun United faces off Indy 11. Um, Charleston Battery versus FC Tulsa. Memphis 901 versus the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Miami FC versus uh, Red Bulls 2. Louisville City versus Atlanta. The Colorado Springs Switchbacks versus Orange County SC. Rio Grande Valley versus Oakland Roots. San Antonio FC face off against Detroit City FC, who left NISA, NISA, to come into the USL. Phoenix Rising versus Monterey Bay, which is a, a new t- newish team. Sacramento Republic versus El Paso Locomotive. San Diego Loyal versus LA Galaxy 2. Then on Sunday, the Birmingham Legion versus the Tampa Bay Rowdies. New Mexico United versus Las Vegas Lights. Um, 
should be fun. I think we'll try to cover them a little bit on here. Maybe look at the standings every so often. We probably won't go as in depth as we do with MLS, but do want to start really highlighting the USL championship a little bit more than, than it gets the love of out there. And I've recommended to Logan to go see a Tampa Bay Rowdies game. He was complaining that Tampa Bay didn't have an MLS team. I said, we'll go see the Rowdies. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, so that so that's starting off as well. All those games should be on ESPN Plus. So if none of those MLS games stood out to you, from six o'clock to ten o'clock, you have your pick of the games for the USL on Saturday. And the Sunday games are at five and seven. So probably right around the same time as the MLS games. Good good scheduling. <laughs> um all right but yeah if you want to reach out to us you can reach us on twitter at stateside show facebook.com slash stateside show instagram at stateside show or email us stateside show at gmail.com and we will get ready to catch you all next time logan do you have anything to add before we leave yeah listen to our baseball podcast it's gonna be a lot of fun um we're just getting started up again and Sounds like there's going to be a season. It's just a matter Maybe. of when. <laughs> I've seen I've seen so many people say like, I've seen some people say like, okay, if they move on these things, we're good to go. And then I've seen people say like Buster Olney, like I don't even know if we're gonna have a season. And I'm yeah. like, don't say that. It's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. But yeah, check that out. Um, Extra innings baseball show. Yeah. So we should be doing an episode here soon. So be on the lookout for that. But yeah. That's anything we can take the night drive on into my really bad pun that I haven't very quite come up with, so I'm kind of stalling for time, but I think I've got it. I think I understand the assignment, right? So, if you kind of want to just uh listen to this, it'll be a lot of fun for me. Um, but yeah, Jordan, so I, I have a question for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be so bad, yeah, this is really bad. Um, so the galaxy played in the Queen City, right? Mm-hmm. And the Galaxy won in Charlotte, correct? Yep. Could you say that they were buzzing about the fact that they won their first game in the visiting city of Buzz City? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so going to say, does that make them the Queens of the Galaxy or something? It makes something? them the Queens of the Galaxy. There you go, there you go. Or are they the Guardians of the Galaxy on I'm just going to click it frog. <laughs> it was so bad. Tomorrow, throw of his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.